Hello everyone, welcome to Basket News Talks. I'm the host Donato Surbunas and I'm joined by Unix Kazan guard Isaiah Cannon. Isaiah, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for having me. It's a uh, pleasure to be here. I'll bet he, I bet he will never shush a crowd again in, in his life. That's the quote from the EuroLeague <laughs> TV commentator. So, Isaiah, please tell us about that night in, in Barcelona. Well, no, I can really talk about it, you know. Um, Barcelona fans, you know, give them credit. You know, they, they was on me. You know, they was okay. on me for, for the move that I made. But, um, you know, it's that, things like that, you know, I come from my NBA culture, you know, that, those type things just get the player going you know the crowd was getting into the game they was trying to get their team back we was playing well and um it was just a you know something to keep me going you know to, to keep me fueled up going in the game it was nothing personal you know i felt like um a lot of people or the fans might have took it personal you know but it was nothing personal it was just something to fuel me fuel the team you know and it just um with all the different things that was going on in that game, you know, Barcelona made a run. You know, they made a run. They fed behind the crowd getting so furious with me over something that I wasn't even doing anything personally to anybody. You know, it was just something a part of the game. You know, at least for me, it was just something a part of the game, nothing personal. And um, the the home team just got behind a crowd, you know, and um they made a run uh, made it tough for us at the end and they ended up getting the victory you know but i didn't it was nothing that i was gonna be worried about or anything was gonna stop me from being a player that i am you know i may do that again in another game depending on how the game go you know it's just something that you know you do just to keep going it's just something to fuel you something to keep the crowd involved you know it's just um, entertainment, you know, more so for me, entertainment more so than personally. But uh, like I said, give Barcelona credit. They fed behind the crowd. The crowd was so angry with me and um, they ended up getting a victory. So give them credit. Were you surprised by the, by the reactions you received? Because personally, I thought it was kind of, you know, normal thing which mm -hmm. you did. And uh, I actually tried to defend you on Twitter, right. but I received a lot of messages like, oh, he was like, uh, as I said, he was uh, showing uh, no respect for the fans because yeah. before he was like also provoking the bench with his celebrations and things like that. <laughs> but it wasn't like that, probably. You were not doing some, you know, crazy, bad trash talking during the game. Not at all. Not at all. Like I say, those things... Um it's just like if Steph Curry hit a three, he does this every time. You know, I hit a three, I do do my thing mm. every time. It's nothing, you know, to try to attack this person or try to attack this crowd. You know what I mean? It's just something to keep you going in the game. And obviously over here, you know, certain fans or certain crowds don't like it. You know, they take it personally. This is only my second year in Europe. You know, I don't... <laughs> That, that, that's, that type of stuff is I don't know anything about it. You know, I'm just playing a game, doing whatever I can to help my team win. You know, I'm not thinking about how I'm offending the crowd or how I'm uh, offending anybody off of something that motivates me. You know, it's not about the crowd. You mm. know, it's something about me and what I can bring for my team. You know, so, I mean, it was good. It was, I mean, it's part of the game, you know, and like I said, that won't stop me from being who I am. You know, it's just... You learn from it, you know, you try to make it a little different just to keep everybody calm. But like I say, I play with a lot of emotions. I play with a lot of, you know, passion and um, a lot of energy and fuel, you know, and that's what I try to bring to my team. And I'm going to continue to do that.
Was it the most hostile uh, atmosphere and crowd you played in Europe so far? Uh, that was definitely one of them. You know, when I after that happened, I looked around, you know, the arena and <clears throat> if <clears throat> excuse me, it felt like literally everybody was looking at you. You know, everybody was looking at you, doing all this, you know, pointing at you, giving you the finger. You know, that was. <laughs> something new to me i'm just like wow like literally everybody is mad at me over something that was so small to me you know but it's part of the game they crowd you know did what they had to do and um maccabi got a good crowd too you know mm. um, i'm trying to think of some of the arenas i've been in red star is another you know crazy arena and uh europe has a lot of you know passionate fans that i'm Every game is new to me. It's, I'm playing in different arenas I'd never played in, you know, so I'm experiencing a lot of new things, a lot of new cultures, um, how how the fans, how much involved the fans are with the team and how much they really care. You know, they come to the games and they die hard fans for their team, for their country, you know, so it's 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 fun. It's a fun atmosphere to play in. You um, as a player that has a lot of competitiveness in them, you know, that's something you want to be a part of. You want to play in those type environments. And um, it's been fun. You know, every every arena has been fun. It's something new. And um, like I say, it motivates me to want to play well. Did you have any conversations afterwards with, and I know, head coach or teammates like, you know, Isaiah, just no more shushing or whatsoever <laughs> in any other EuroLeague games? Uh, I mean, you know, the team stood behind me. You know, they was, um, we tried not to make no excuses as to, um, you know, what or why the game ended the way it did. You know, they, some guys that's been around, you know, they kind of told me, they said, yo, these fans don't really like that type of stuff, you know, and um, I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. you know, but like I said, it's nothing personal. It's just something that gets, gets me going, you know, in the game and, um just try to translate translate that to 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 my play and um you know a lot of people ask me I'm like like they ask you you know why would you do this or this and that you know I was just like look it's just something that that gets me going in the game it's nothing personal you know so hopefully the Barcelona fans don't take it personally you know it's just something <laughs> for me part of the game yeah we are a few months into the EuroLeague season and you already made some noise with some of your celebrations, also with your shots, uh, mm -hmm. scoring abilities. But I want, you, uh, I want to bring you to the beginnings. And 2005, uh, in famous uh, Hurricane Katrina. Mm -hmm. And uh, I read a lot of stories, uh, what you had to go through uh, mm -hmm. when you went to the local church, uh, you know, just to hide, just avoid the biggest hit of the Katrina. You have to leave your house. Mm -hmm. But what, I, what struck my mind was that there were three things you took with yourself. It was a um, pair of clothes, let's mm -hmm. say, a pair of sneakers mm -hmm. and gaming console. So <laughs> I can understand the part of clothes, but what about sneakers and gaming console? I mean, you got to wear shoes, right? <laughs> so, I mean, my but shoes... These were just, basketball sneakers, right? Uh, it was Not just some everyday shoes. Okay. You know, I was 14. So, 14-year-old <clears throat> wear basketball shoes as an everyday shoe, you know. But um, right off the top of the head, I can't remember the exact, you know, shoe. But I do remember a couple pair of clothes, a couple pair of shoes, and my PlayStation, you know, because... Uh, where I'm from, we experience hurricanes um, every year. You know, we have hurricane season. Some hurricanes are strong. Some of them are not. 
you know. So that's just a part of where I'm, where I'm from and where I live at, you know. And um, like some of the stories you read, you know, we was just, you know, thinking it was going to be a normal hurricane, you know, um, something that we will make it through, you know, not knowing that it was going to be one of the worst hurricanes ever to hit the United States, you know. And um, like I said, took took my things, um, went to church with my 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 grandma, my cousins, um, parents, and um, you know, kind of rolled it out. And you know, after a day later, you know, it's like you wake up and everything that you you cherished as a kid, you know, your your little medals, your trophies, your you know things that you had with your friends, you know, um, a lot of material things. You know, as a fourteen year old, as a little kid, that you. You know, you cherish and you, you, you look at every day, you know, just to see your accomplishments and for it to be taken away from you overnight. You know, you lose your home, um, you lose friends, you lose um, people that you know, you know, um, it can change you as a person. It makes you, you know, I had to grow up, you know, a lot, a lot sooner. You know, I looked at life differently after that because I thought I was going to lose my life, you know, just being in it, you know, experiencing all the things that go in, you know, riding out a hurricane and, um, you know, with with praying and, you know, having a good circle around us, you know, we made it, you know, we was able to make it through and, um, you know, God was able to bless me to be able to, you know, tell my story or people that, you know, people that seen that or watched the news and, you know, actually wanted to see like what happened or how was it you know i'm able to relive that you know and um i don't mind you know i don't people ask me about it all the time i don't mind talking about it you know it's and it's just a part of my life that you know i would never forget because i didn't think i was gonna be be here you know today to be able to talk about it and um it's just something that that make me realize that i can't value you know material things as much as actual life you know you value value life live your life uh enjoy your life you know and um not cherish a lot of material things you know because it can be taken away in a blink of an eye around around all these things where was basketball because i can hardly imagine just just basically playing basketball under mm. such circumstances so i believe you were a bowler already right so yeah. what was basketball <laughs> for you what was the first time you played basketball what kind of conditions it was uh, well, after, you know, after the hurricane, I, um, me and my mom, my siblings, we all went to Atlanta for, mm. um, you know, until the city could kind of regroup because the city was completely destroyed. You know, it was psh, that things that I can remember. You got casinos that was on the water, moved across the street, across the highway, you know, literally looked like somebody picked it up and moved it across the street. You know, you got homes that was in the middle of the, the road that you can see right through the homes, you know? So you see them things and basketball is not the first thing that you're thinking about. You're, you're thinking about where are, where are you gonna live? Um, what food you gonna eat, you know? Where you gonna be and tomorrow, you know? Like you don't know, you know? It's, it's, those are the type things that I had to think about more so than, hey, let's go pick up a basketball and or let's go pick up a football and go run around and play. You know, I'm really thinking about 
what I'm going to wear the next day, what I'm going to eat the next day, where I'm going to lay my head at the next day. You know, I lost my home. You know, everything in my house was destroyed. You know, so that little bag of things that I had was all I had to my name. And a basketball wasn't one of them, you know. But as the time went on and, like I say, we moved to Atlanta, uh, I, had, I had time to get back in school. Um, started to try to find, you know, that passion and love and, and basketball again, you know, because I just went through something so dramatic, you know, and, um, you know, you don't really think about playing a sport or something like that. I'm in a new state, new city, new school, new people, you know, um, everything that I knew was left behind, you know, I left it behind me. And um, once I got, once we kind of got settled in, you know, I started to you know, be able to, to, to meet new people, be able to, to open up again, because you go into a little shell after you go through something like that. You know, you don't really know what to do. You just know family and uh, you try to lean on your family. And um, like I say, as the time went on and time went on, you got better. I moved back home, you know, once the schools and everything got got back going, uh, once the city kind of was able to open back up. We was living out of a FEMA trailer. You know, I lived out of a FEMA trailer for like two years. And, um, you know, that's when it's, I- It's so easy to talk right now about that, but you know, what it's like, you know, to live in a trailer for, for a few years. Uh, a trailer probably the size of maybe half of this room we in, you know, it's mm. small thing. And um, you just be, you know, you just, be thankful for for what you have you know you, you lose something and what someone gives you is you know you, you have no choice but to be thankful because at the end of the day you're still here breathing and that's what matters and you made it uh, to the nba as a second yeah. round pick in 2013 right mm -hmm. yeah. what kind of blessing it was for you i can imagine your family being so happy mm -hmm. I, i'm not sure sure if grandma uh, grandmother was with you uh, yeah, back she, then so she was there she's still be here today sp yeah. special yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, that I try to use that as, you know, motivation to because I had that dream of making it to the NBA as a little kid, five, six year old kid, you know, and um, I just went through that part of my life. You know, I tried to use that to motivate me and to fuel me to 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 want to go harder, to want to be able, you know, to uh, one day be able to take care of my family and. You know, if anything was like that to go happen again, I'd be able to, you know, help in, in any kind of way. And um, like I say, I, that was a moment of my life as a 14 year old kid where I had to grow up. You know, I just had to grow up. Um, obviously, have fun, you know, have fun, but at the same time, know um, what I need to do, you know, and know what's more important, you know, and. Um, the game of basketball is something I love. I love doing it. I love playing the game and um, family also matters to me as well. So um, I'm all about trying to do what I can to help my family um, and play the game I love to play. Six seasons, six years in the NBA, um, a lot of games, almost 250 games, mm -hmm. including a 31 points uh, career high against OKC, I think, mm -hmm. and Russell Westbrook. What was the biggest highlight for you in the NBA? Uh, well, obviously the first one is getting drafted. You know, you work so hard to get drafted. You go through college, um, do everything you can to get, hear your name called on that day. And I was blessed to be able to hear my name called and to a great organization with the Houston Rockets. 
Um, throughout my career, I had a lot of great moments. My first career playoff start was in against the Boston Celtics. Um, they was the number one seed, you know, and um, I was able to go out there and compete against a lot of great guys like Isaiah Thomas. He was, you know, at the front runner of MVP that year. Um, the Celtics had a great team, a great coach. We had a great team. I played alone, Rondo, D-Wade, Jimmy Butler. I got to start playoff games with them guys. And um, I mean, my career high against Russell Westbrook, um, I was able to have a good career to where like I played with Hall of Famers like, you know, Dwight Howard, James Harden. Um, I was teammates with Paul George, Westbrook, Melo. Um, D-Wade, Jimmy Butler, Rondo, um, just to name a few, you know, MB, uh, which will probably be a future Hall of Famer one day. Um, you know, I was able to, to, to play with a lot of great guys and, um, you know, still still trying to do whatever I can to play. And, and uh, whatever organization, whatever team, you know, really believes in me, you know, I'm going to get them everything I got. What kind of game changer for your career and your life in general uh, was that injury in 2018? Uh, I mean, it, it, that was a, you know, an injury that don't just happen every day, you know, and um, it definitely changed. You know, it was just something else kind of like, you know, the hurricane where I had to, you know, sit back and, and really focus on what's important, you know, what's important right now. And at that time, my therapy was important, you know, um, continue to believe, continue to keep the faith in my ability, you know, wanting to come back stronger or better, you know, and not be a statistic as to, oh, he wasn't the same player after the injury. Oh, he can't do the same things. You know, I wanted to overachieve that. I wanted to be better. I wanted to 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 be, you know, better person, you know, um, um, those type things, you know, can you can go either way. You can go left or you can go right, you know, and And I wanted to go in the right direction. You know, I wanted to to excel after the injury. I didn't want to go down. And, um, you know, I, I learned a lot about myself, you know, about my body. Um, going through the, the rehab process, learned a lot about my body that that helps me now. You know, that, that was what, two days ago. It, was, it made four years um, since since that happened, you know. So and look where I'm at now. You know, a lot of people might not have thought that I'd be able to be where I am playing the game um, at a high level, you know, and... Um, Were there any doubts if you could ever play after that injury? I mean, obviously, and at the moment of the injury, you, you know, I'm look, looking down at my foot, like, first off, my foot is not supposed to be facing that way. <laughs> and, um, you know, you, you like, wow. But you were so calm in that moment, actually. Exactly. I saw that video. It was like just a casual ankle sprain, yeah. which, which well, was not. A lot of people say, oh, you didn't say nothing. You didn't budge. I said, I mean, it wasn't no tears. wasn't no yelling. It wasn't no words. What's going to fix what just happened, mm. you know? So I'm really just looking at it like, is this really happening right now? Like, is this my foot? Is this what's going on? And I had a thousand and one things going through my head like, Oh wow! Is is the team gonna keep me? Is am I be gonna be able to get another contract? Am I gonna be able to walk? First off, you know, and it was no tears, no words at that moment was gonna change any of that, you know. So I just, you know, took it all in. First off, you got a, you in an arena with a lot of people staring at you, you know, and 
So I'm just literally looking the same way they looking like, is this real? You know, is this really going on right now? And, you know, it's just something, you know, made me stronger, you know, um, really made me hold on to my faith and, and my beliefs and um, really, you know, buckle down and attack it. You know, I had to attack therapy. I had to attack the rehab process to get back to this point, you know, and if I didn't, who knows if I'd be in a position I am now. Before we go to the next topic, uh, I want to ask you about Donatas Matiunas, your former teammate, mm -hmm. another Lithuanian player mm -hmm. uh, in Houston. Uh, what are your memories about Dimo? What do you remember the most? Because if I remember well, he was playing his best times. Mm -hmm. He was a captain hook in Houston. He was definitely he was definitely a good player for us in, <laughs> in Houston. I love Dimo. Um, played two seasons together, you know, and like you said, captain hook. I, that's all I remember. That little that that that's his 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 go to move. And he was a great passer. You know, a lot of people, you know didn't believe how well he could pass the ball. He could pass the ball. He was shooting a three. Um, he get it on the block. He had the left hook, you know, and he's a great guy. Great personality, you know, um, good energy. And um, he was a good player. I like Demo. When we play against him all play against him now, I talk to him all the time. And because uh, it went, it was like a little phase where we didn't see each other for a few years. You know, mm -hmm. he came back overseas. I was still playing in the NBA. And um but that friendship, that bond we made when we was in Houston, you know, it, it stayed. I also talked to him and also he said a lot of good things about you. And one which struck to my mind was uh, he said that you were a very honest player and you were always speaking about things and you were saying what you actually think. Mm -hmm. And one moment uh, which he mentioned was, uh, you know, that phrase, oh, you have to keep grinding. I mean, NBA phrase, you have right. to keep grinding, your time will come and things yeah. like that. <laughs> and he said, he quoted you that you said, look at Demo, he's living in gym, but he's not playing. So, you know, you, you were that guy who was, you know, sp speaking about things honestly. And I wanted to ask you about, you know, I would say NBA role players mm -hmm. or, you know, these NBA players who are not stars, but mm -hmm. they're providing, they're mm -hmm. uh, delivering, we're not getting chances. And they, sometimes they're thrown uh, between teams on the 10 day contracts. Mm -hmm. And how that phrase, you know, how much of that phrase, you know, you have to keep grinding, uh, mm -hmm. your time will come is true, but how much of it is, you know, something which makes you sick actually? I mean, as, as a, you know, as a competitor, um, all you know is I want to play, you know, I want to play. I can do this. I can do that. You know, uh, when you get to the NBA or you get to Euroleague, you got to think everybody on this team was at one point or just came from being the best guy or the second best guy of a team, you know, so you got to keep that in mind and, you know, use that to, to, to fuel you every day, to want to come in to work, to, to compete, you know, push yourself, you know, and some of it is, is politics too. You know, you come in as a young guy or an overseas guy, you got guys that's older, veterans, been around the league longer, you know, have a, a, a resume, you know, you, you the young guy, you know, so you gotta work your way up. You know, you, everybody has to start somewhere. You can't just come right in and be at the top. You have to start somewhere at every level, you know, and sometimes you have to be here and restart to get back there, you know, and that's kind of how, uh, depending on whatever, what, what situation you're in, in the NBA, sometimes guys got to do that. You know, Demo was a great player coming from overseas. I was a good player coming from out of college, 
but we got on a, a veteran team in the NBA. The Houston Rockets had veterans on the team. So, you know, we needed to learn from them. We had to build that trust within the coaches, within the organization. You know, obviously we're there for a reason. They like us. They believe in us. But they wasn't just handed. They weren't going to hand it to us. You know, we had to work, um, be patient, you know, and stay with it. But, you know, as a kid, as a young kid, you you looking at it like, but I can play. You know, I can help. I can help right now. You know, but it's not always about what you can do right now. You know, they now uh, potential is a, is a big word in the NBA. Oh, this guy got potential. In a couple years, we're going to really need him. You know, so um, you just got to try to keep that and, you know, just always believe in yourself. You know, if you believe in yourself, you believe in your abilities, no matter if it's now or later, you will have the opportunity to, to show that. And Demo had his opportunity. You know, I had my opportunity and um, we're both, you know, having good careers within ourselves. You know, he has his career. I have my own career. And, um, you know, but we all we all had to start and restart at some point, you know, and and as long as you keep your faith, I feel like everything else will uh, work out. Talking about your um, decision to go overseas, mm -hmm. uh, you played, as you mentioned, you played with so many great players. You had 11, 12 uh, points per game seasons with Philly, uh, mm -hmm. all the other good seasons in NBA. Now you're coming to Europe at the age of 28, 29 as mm -hmm. a proven NBA player. But you have to start everything almost from scratch <laughs> in, in Europe, in Kazan, in EuroCup uh, level, sure. actually. Sure. How is that? Uh, what's that feeling, you know, when you have to start all over again to prove something which you already thought that probably you proved everybody you can play, actually? Right. And... Europe game is totally different from the NBA, you know, um, starting in the Euro Cup was probably the best thing for me, you know, because it was a lot of things that I did not know about the Euro game. Um, obviously, the court, you know, is shrunk, you know, it's not as spaced out. Um, the rules are different, you know, um, obviously the travel, the practices, those things are all different as well. But the actual game of Europe is totally different from the NBA. And Most guys coming from the NBA might think, oh, I was in the NBA, I could come over here and just dominate. And it don't work out that way, you know, because you got guys over here that's been grown from here and now they're playing their best basketball right now. And then you add in a couple guys from the NBA and we have to learn, you know, the same way as if you take European guys and bring them to the NBA, they have to learn that game. You know, it's different. It's totally different. And I know that now. You know, you know, just sitting back in the NBA watching or looking at Europe, you're like, oh, Europe, that's good. You can go over there and play. But it, it's not that simple. It's not that easy. You who know, was you, that mentor for you? Who helped? Who was that mentor? Who man, helped I was, you to I was learn? blessed to be able to come to an organization with Onyx that, you know, along with the coach, uh, Coach Priftis, that's coaching them, uh, Panthenikos right now, you know, they allowed me to be me. They allowed me to play through my mistakes, you know. They allowed me to learn. And on top of that, you know, good guys like Claudio, um, before every game, you know, he talks to me. He lets me know about mm. the refs, the, the, this guy, that guy, you know, just throwing information in my head for me to, to be aware of. So if something happens that I'm not, you know, used to, you know, going through, I heard it. I got that bug in my ear already to how to handle it, you know, and um Like I say, the biggest thing for me was the organization allowed me to continue to, to be who I am, you know, 
and to play through my mistakes. You know, it was a learning curve. I went through a learning curve, like learning the game, learning how the refs call the game, you know, um, how important every possession is. You know, in the NBA, you got a million possessions. You know, in Europe, it's only a handful of those, you know, and every possession matters over here. You know, that was something that you that you had to learn. It wasn't, you know, just all ability or all talent. You know, it's actual game. You got to actually see the floor. You got to actually know time and score possessions. You know, all that matters in the Europe game, you know, compared to the NBA where it matters, you know, but you have more time. The quarters are longer, 82 games plus the playoffs, you know, that's cutting almost half over here, you know, and um the game is just different, you know, the game is different. And once you learn it and um, once you, you know, go through experiences and play through play through your mistakes, it makes me who I am now. You know, a year later in EuroLeague, I'm able to see things and even EuroLeague. I'm learning every game. You know, it's my first year in EuroLeague. I'm learning every game. Some of these teams, you know, great teams, you know, some great teams, great players and. Um, you can really see, you know, the, the difference in certain teams and compared to other teams. And um, like I say, I feel like coming from America, coming from the NBA, being in a good organization that allows you to learn and play through your mistakes, you know, will help you develop your career in, in Europe. And that's what Unix has, has done for me. And like I say, I try to go out there and um, reward them with, with everything that they believed in me go out there and try to lay it out all on the line every night, along with my teammates. You know, I got a great group of guys on this team. What is still the weirdest thing for Isaiah Cannon in Europe with European basketball? The weirdest thing? Yeah. <laughs> the weirdest thing for me, hmm, probably the fact that we travel with, with, you know, I could be sitting next to you on a plane. <laughs> you know, oh, you don't have a charter, right? It's, it's every, every once in a while, mm. you know, um, but like I say, every organization is different, mm. you know, but um, probably to travel and um, the game over here reminds me of, of college a little bit. You know, how serious it is, how serious every game, how serious every possession matters, um, you know, and, and how much they actually care. You know, the, the, the games are way more intense during the regular season, you know, compared to the NBA, the games get really intense in the playoffs. Obviously, you have your good games in regular season with some of the powerhouse teams, but every game in Europe matters, you know, and that was something that that I had to learn because, you know, you can lose a game or lose five games in the NBA and you got 70 more, you know what I mean? And over here, one game could go from here to here, you know, so um, just knowing how serious and how much every possession really matters and how much each game really matters. Um, it's probably the biggest, you know, biggest thing. And it just reminds me of college. It's like college 2.0, you know, or college on steroids, you know. Obviously, the level is, is higher, but um, just how much everything matters and each game um, is, is probably the biggest surprise for me. Take us through the first few practices of Coach Velimir Perasovic. What were you thinking uh, about European way of, you know, Preparing My for first the season. practice with him, all I all I knew was I, I felt like I was um, on a track team, <laughs> you know. And he's he's big on speed. He was a great player, you know. Um, 
I didn't really know him personally, you know, because he played before I was even thought of, you know. And um, but once I got here, everybody told me even him. He came to me and was like, yeah, I played played your position, but I was a good player. You know, he was like, I was a good player, though, you know. And um, Herzonia uh, gave me a little information on him, showed me some highlights of him. And was like, yeah, coach used to be a good player back in the day. So then I went to him uh, one day in practice. I was like, you was an okay, okay player back then. <laughs> you know, I went and watched you a little bit. You was an okay player. But, um, you know, he's a good guy. You know, he's a good guy. He's, he's tough, you know. Um, but he wants the best in you. He, he tries to bring, you know, bring the best out of you in, in, the, in the ways that he know, you know. And um, we all have to, had to adjust to him. He had to adjust to us. Um, and, um, like I said, he, he, he's, he's been bringing, you know, bringing the best basketball out of our, our team and, um, you know, somebody that played against, you know, the dream team, somebody that got experience of playing basketball, you know, you try to look up to those guys and try to take as much as you can from them. And we try to help them out too, by saying, coach, it's a different era now, you know, you got to change your thought a little bit. And, um, along with, along with all the good things that he has and all the good things that he gives us is is helping our team, you know, mixed in with, you know, the great group of guys that the organization put together and brought together as a team. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of that. Unix, they're loaded with, uh, offensive talent, I would Mm -hmm. say. And I was just thinking, just wondering, was there anything like a conversation between you, Mario Hezonia, and Lorenzo Brown? How are you guys going to share some offensive roles? How are you going to share the ball? Because I remember one of the biggest jokes, of course, you have OG Mayo, Yanis team in the beginning of the season, because mm-hmm. I remember that one of the biggest jokes about Phoenix was like, oh, these guys, they will need to have at least two or three balls on the court, you know, just <laughs> to share the roles and just to be happy uh, right. about everything. Do they, do you have anything like uh, conversation before the season, how mm-hmm. we will play? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, as a team, we, we all talk. Um, that's part of building chemistry. You know, we all got to lay it all on the table and, and, you know, look at each other individually and say, what are we going to bring to this team? And, you know, Lorenzo, Mario and myself, we all different. You know, we all different. What Lorenzo, what Lorenzo does well, we need from him. What Mario does well, we need from him. What I do well, we need from me. You know, so how can we put all this together? You know, we just, we all want to win. That's the biggest thing. We all want to win. So the individual things, we have to put that to the side. You know, we have to put all our individual things to the side and bring, you know, our best version of ourselves for this team. You know, what we bring to this team, we have to bring that every night, you know, and um, it's not just us, you know, that we may all get, the, everybody may talk about us three, but we got, arguably the best defensive player on our team in the whole league. You know what I mean? We have a great, you know, um, great guy, group of guys coming off a bench, including myself. You know, I come off the bench. You know, that's something that I didn't mind doing as long as it helped us win, you know. And um, like OJ, you know, uh, Spizo, the Italian point guard, um, Jarrell Brantley just came from the G League. Um, who else? Who else over there with us? You know, our Russians. We got good Russians on our team, you know, um, with, you know, um, Brian, Andre Savage, you know, mm-hmm. he won two year league championships, you know, so we got a good, good mix of, of guys that have been in Europe. You know, this is my first year league season, you know, so I lean on Lorenzo sometimes like, hey, how this crowd going to be or, 
how is this team? How is that team? Even Mario, you know, Mario grew up over here. I asked him, how is this? How is that? You know, and um, we all just feed off each other. And um, at the end of the day, we all want to win. So anything negative, we try to keep that outside of our bubble because we know that's just a distraction. And um, good teams, you know, don't win with distractions. So we all want to win and we all got to figure it out and make it work together. One point of the season, you seem like the best team in the tournament. Uh, mm -hmm. Actually, probably to, uh, it was before that losing streak. You were on. Mm -hmm. You were on. You were on still on uh, right now. Right. And you, in one of the previous interviews, uh, probably it was uh, for Russian media. You said that um, a couple of Euroleague teams could make a run for the NBA playoffs. For mm -hmm. example, you played more or less against all the Euroleague teams so far. What do you think? Which Euroleague teams are the closest to that level? Uh. You know, that's a, it's a tough question. And I mean, it's a good question because it's all about matchups. You know, it's the top, you know, maybe the top four teams in, in EuroLeague could, you know, compete against, you know, teams five and down in the playoffs. You know, I'm not going to put nothing past mm. You know, a EuroLeague team being able to compete against, you know, the number one team in the West or the number one team in the East. You know, I'm not going to just count them out, you know, because I don't know. You know, I don't know. But just playing over here and playing in the NBA, I do feel with the right matchup or, you know, home, home or away situation, you know, it can get interesting. You know, if an NBA team have to come over here and play, you know, with these rules. It could be interesting if a EuroLeague team has to go to the NBA and play with those rules. It could be interesting, you know, and it's it's something everybody want to know. But, you know, just being able to play against and see guys. And I do think, you know, maybe some EuroLeague teams may be able to compete against certain NBA teams. When Isaiah Cannon goes on one from 15, what's the next night or the next morning for him? Well, I have the 12 o'clock rule. You know, at 12 o'clock, the night of that game, it's a new day. So whatever happened before 12 o'clock, I can't change. I can only be better the next day, you know, so I let it go. You know, I say what I got to say before 12, feel how I got to feel before 12, beat myself up, um, say I was terrible uh, tonight, you know, and as soon as 12 o'clock happened, I try to let it go, go to sleep, wake up. New day, zero, zero. <laughs> I haven't took a shot today, you know, so I just move on. I got to move on. You know, I got a game. I got another game in two days. Might have another game tomorrow. You know what I mean? So you just got to move on from it. And I'm not perfect. You know, you can go on a street where if it, it feels like you can't miss, you know, and then you have two games where the ball don't go in. And now it just feel like everybody is though. The whole world is shaking up because they're not used to that. You know, I'm not used to missing. I hate missing. I'm a I'm, I'm a mister. Misses for misses. You know, I'm a mister. So, you know, I'm not a fan. I'm not accustomed to missing, but it's a part of the game and I can't dwell on it. I can't just soak in. Oh, I missed a shot. Oh, I went 0 for 10. Oh, I went whatever percentage tonight, you know, because it's another game coming and I got to be my best for that game. You know, so just call it a 12 o'clock rule. Once 12 o'clock hit, I let it go. Good or bad, you know, you got to let it go both ways. Good games, 
12 o'clock, new day. Bad games, 12 o'clock, new day. May 29th, 2022. I'm not so sure if you're aware of it, but it's the day of the EuroLeague final. Mm -hmm. Do we see Isaiah Cannon and Unix shushing the Europe again? Mm, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm big on, on, you know, those type things. And, you know, I always said, even, you know, even now, you know, we had rough times and when it was good, you know, we was, you know, doing what we had to do. But I like our chances. You know, if we do the things we got to do, you know, um, we continue to stay together. We, you know, manage to, to stay healthy all the way until to that time. You know, I like our chances. You know, I, I like I like the guys. I like the coaches. You know, we're really, you know, building something um, here and it's going to be ups and downs. You know, we, we can't get too high and we can't get too low. We got to try to stay, you know, even keel and. I really like our chances if we if we stay the course, um, continue to believe in each other, you know, continue to lift up each other and um, continue to bring it. You know, a lot of people is against us. You know, a lot of people don't want to see us there, you know, and we got to use that as fire. And on top of that, everybody know us now. So we got to know we're not hunting anymore. People are coming for us. You know, they they know how we coming. So they are preparing, you know, to be ready for us. And we just got to, you know, be better. We just got to, um, you know, be better in practice, you know, pay more attention to details, um, get closer together, you know, and like I say, stay even kill. We stay even kill. Um, we stay healthy. I like our chances. Isaiah Cannon, guys, thanks a lot. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Follow us on basketnews.com and follow the future free right on instagram <laughs> on because instagram. Isaiah posts sure. some good stuff over there <laughs> for sure for sure just try to take you into life um bring you around europe it's my first time seeing europe so um just try to have fun with it and i really appreciate y'all inviting me um, on the show it was a pleasure <laughs> thank, right, you. thank you thank yep. you